Next up, listen in to me interview Stevie or Totolo, who is an expat from Gabon, formerly in Ghana, currently now in Rwanda. He is a conference interpreter, voiceover coach, professional English teacher, motivational speaker, online jobs consultant, business owner. So this is a really exciting interview because he's talking about all the opportunities that are available to so many people in various African nations that he's trying to promote. And I hope you like this interview as much as I enjoyed interviewing him. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where we talk to expats about what it's like living abroad, and they tell their stories, whether it's the struggles, the joys, falling in love, raising a family, managing a business in another country, and maybe still searching for that place they will one day call home. This is a place where you can listen, the guest and host will share, and maybe we'll all learn from these stories that we're all connected in what home means to each of us. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right. So thank you, everyone, for returning to this podcast, Are We Home Yet? So today I have the pleasure of interviewing Stevie. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Very happy to be on your podcast. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. So where do you currently live and how long have you lived there? Well, I come originally from Gabon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should say I spent half of my life, I'm 40 years old right now, but I spent mm-hmm. about 20 years outside of my country, 20 mm-hmm. years in my native country, Gabon, mm-hmm. that is in Central Africa, mm-hmm. and then 17 years in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting to my second year in Rwanda. So just about a year now in Rwanda, Kigali. Okay, so so tell me, I mean, I haven't had the fortune yet of visiting any of the countries, unfortunately, hopefully one day in the future. But, you know, so what's it like living in Rwanda? It's a beautiful place. I call it a little paradise. I, mm-hmm. I just wish it was as big as my hometown, Gabon, because we are about 263,000 square meters. Mm-hmm. but Rwanda is really tiny. It's just like a province, or should I say, a region of, of, of my home country. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. It's like you can literally visit the whole country, let's say, in a day if you take a plane. But Gabon, that's not a case. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing. But the rest is, I'm telling you, it looks like, for me, I always feel like one of those Disneyland. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. The view, the landscape. Every morning when you wake up, there's a bird knocking at your window, saying hi to you, singing. Mm-hmm. The weather is cool. Sometimes it just rains out of a sudden. Sometimes it's sunny. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It's it's lovely. People are warm, very civilized, very respectful. Uh, and the place is very quiet. I'm really shocked because when I was in Ghana, the last destination I visited, mm-hmm. it was really noisy. In mm-hmm. fact, I was living close to four churches and one uh, mosque. And sometimes they were all having the same concert. Mm-hmm. It was a big issue for me. <laughs> mm-hmm, but here mm-hmm. it's very quiet. The food is clean, especially clean. Uh, mm-hmm. People do, uh, people matter uh, a lot here when it comes to eating food. It's, it's, it's everything is fresh. Milk is fresh. Vegetables are fresh. You know, you, you really eat fresh. And I really appreciate that type of life. It's like I'm rejuvenating um, 
even people who visited me, uh, you saw me, uh, recent pictures, they all told me, hey, you're glowing. Mm-hmm. Say, it's not me, it's the weather. It's mm-hmm. the food in the weather. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay, nice, nice. I like that. Okay, so then, you know, what prompted you to move to Ghana and Rwanda? Like, what prompted you to move from Gabon? My story in Gabon is that, first of all, the last place we were living was just close to a huge marketplace mm-hmm. full of foreigners, expats, a lot of expats. So those mm-hmm. guys inspired me. For example, you know, Gabon is basically a French native speaking country. Mm-hmm. So I should be speaking in French, but you okay. can see that my English makes it kind of difficult for people to figure out that I'm basically French native. Uh-huh. So there's nothing that shows I'm French. Okay. It's because I was influenced by Anglo-Saxons, uh, English speakers, especially people from Ghana, Liberia, Nigeria, and uh, Sierra Leone. So mm-hmm. these guys encouraged me. They said, hey, you don't look like you're from here. You better mm-hmm. go to West Africa. Okay. So I decided to take the journey, went to Ghana against my parents' will. Oh. So I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, my mother supported me. Uh, she, at that time, she never, she never had a job. She was, she was selling cassava roots. Mm-hmm to pay my school fees that was really touching Mm -hmm. and then I stayed in Ghana from 202 up to 209 Mm -hmm. and then I came back home because there was a lot of rumors like "Ah, this guy don't want to come anymore so I had to come back home show them I'm here Mm -hmm. but hey I'm not ready to work here Mm -hmm. so I was freelancing I was a tv presenter I was teaching English to corporates and I was also interpreting then I decided to go back to Ghana but this time going through Kenya Mm-hmm. So I went through Kenya, I spent about a year, and then I went to Ghana, and then my Kenyan girlfriend who followed me, who happens to be my wife right now, she came mm-hmm. with me in Ghana in 2014, mm-hmm. up until 2020, mm-hmm. until the time I visited Rwanda. One day, there was a conference, I was invited for two weeks, I interpreted, and I really fell in love. I was like, this is the place for me. Mm-hmm. Why? One, my wife is Kenyan, so it's close to her country, because it's almost a neighbor, a neighboring country. Mm-hmm. Two, the food is almost the same. Three, the weather is so cool. West Africa is really hot, really burning. Mm-hmm. West Africa is really for people who live in uh, the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Tell you, the place is so hot. Mm-hmm. I say, no, that's not a place for me. And I also liked Rwanda, the idea, because of the, the business environment, the way the current president has really kind of sanitized uh, the business environment. It's really nice. It's easy for you to set up your business. I say, hey, and he encourages a lot of African startups. And then he also mm-hmm. removed visa restrictions to Africans. So all mm-hmm. that kind of bumped into my head. I was like, let me just settle here. And people told me, you can't do that. This is 2020. This is COVID time. This is the peak of COVID time. I say, I don't care. So I decided to move in here. Uh, that was in December 2020. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the lockdown, you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So there was no going to work, no going out of your house. Mm-hmm. There was lockdown almost everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to set up a booth right inside my fourth bedroom wardrobe. Wow. Because I'm a voice talent, I decided to record from the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And this is what I got the money for the rent and money for my wife and my kid was still in, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I told them, hey, wait, let me lay the foundations and then you join me later. Mm-hmm. So six months later, I told them to join me. So okay. this is how it happened. It was really pure adventure. Mm-hmm. I was in love. It's just like somebody chasing a beautiful lady, beautiful woman, and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I don't give a damn. Let me just follow that chick. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, I mean, you, you have a great voice. You really do. So let me ask you, like, were you doing voice talent work before, or was this like a brand new venture that, you know, you came up with because, you know, 
like you were stuck at home and you know there's only so many businesses that a person can do at home absolutely so people were like this is a crazy idea but what people never knew is that first of all when i was in ghana not only did i do english course i really tried to perfect myself mm-hmm. i got training from uh, a lot of uh, Ghanaians, but also i was trained as a as a broadcaster radio and mm-hmm. tv broadcaster and i was trained by a school called rabo dev radio mm-hmm. broadcasting development fund in mm-hmm. fact it is funded by giz which is the deutsche Welle department and then it's also funded by the bbc so i had that mixture i was highly trained by the bbc guys and then when i went to gabon in 2010 i started working in two tv stations so this is where i kind of crafted i kind of really crafted my skill and then i discovered voiceover late in uh, 2016 and i was like hey i can make money from home Mm. i just need to buy equipment so i decided doing some research going online going on eBay, Amazon, and knowing that they can ship to Africa, I had to find a shipping company out of uh, Nevada. So they accepted to take my my items, sent to Ghana. This is how I started buying my my gears. Mm -hmm. So when I came to Rwanda right here in 2020, at the airport, the customs officials were like, are you a journalist? I was like, no, I'm not. Uh So what are you? I said, I'm I'm a voice talent. They were like, voice talent? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I get paid to read. They just laughed. Mm-hmm. what do you mean i say i i, I read for people I, leave, I read for companies commercials tvs mm-hmm. documentaries and they pay me mm-hmm. they say it's a job i say yes indeed it's a job in fact mm-hmm. I, I came here to train some randoms on how they can capitalize on the voice because i know the crisis has really destroyed a lot of businesses so when i came i was really confident i had to turn a tiny wardrobe get a few acoustic forms from the market and then I turned it into my studio. The first advert I did mm-hmm. was for a huge Indonesian, huge company called April 2030. Mm-hmm. So it's a project for clean environment, you know, try to recycling paper. So I did theirs, uh, the promo in French. And guess what? VoiceOver pays almost per minute. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can have commercials for a few seconds and you get paid. Commercials mm-hmm. for a minute, you get paid. Mm-hmm. But it was another company called Voices.com, which is out of Canada. There's a lady who spotted me. She said, I have a beautiful voice. And she wanted me to voice a series of training uh, medical personnel in Africa. So they say they were looking for a native African to read the script. Mm-hmm. And I did that job. This is what really started giving me money since 2018. And I came to run out with some kind of excess of money. So that excess allowed me to take a nice four-bedroom house and continue with my voice whilst people were crying that their businesses have collapsed because Mm -hmm. of corona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. I mean, you were just so industrious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like determined and so focused and and really it seems like you knew like this is going to work. Like it doesn't seem like you had any doubt whatsoever. So Absolutely, I can even tell you my wife was Mm -hmm. very doubtful. She was like, hey, (laughs) this is COVID time. We have a daughter. Uh, my daughter is six right now, yeah. and she's and my wife is currently pregnant. She was like, mm-hmm. "Why can't we just wait?" I said, "There's no mm-hmm. waiting. I know yeah. what I'm, I'm I'm headed to, mm-hmm. because Rwanda is kind of a it's a nice hub for digital nomads. Mm-hmm. You see, here as long as you don't mess with politics, you don't mess with other people's businesses. Mm-hmm. You do your thing. You're legit, mm-hmm. man. I'm, I can tell you this is a paradise. I've I've, I've read countless comments of people saying, "This is the place I want to spend my retirement at." 
Mm-hmm. Most people. So I was like, what the hell is wrong with that? Mm-hmm. Then I found out there's some kind of serenity, this peace, a despite history telling us that 27 years ago there was a genocide. So people outside don't know what's going on inside until you mm-hmm. come. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, but this is a new place. This is beautiful. But when you're outside, you're like, most people I tell that I'm, I'm in Rwanda, they're like, oh my God, a place has war. I say, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I say, come mm-hmm. on, it was a genocide. I say, but things have changed. Mm-hmm. Things change in life. Mm-hmm. People turn pages. People bury bones. Mm-hmm. People have new lives. Mm-hmm. So why can't I, why can't I go? And I saw that there was a huge demand, let's say in terms of training and education. Why can't I come over and share what I have, my knowledge? Because voiceover is something new. Hey, there was even a webinar. It's called Lock Worldwide. Mm-hmm. You can check it out on internet. Lock, like localization. Mm-hmm. Lock Worldwide Africa 45. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was invited as an African who has a solution to curtail um, joblessness because a lot of Africans are jobless. They've been jobless for long, especially in the COVID. What can they do? So mm-hmm. what I brought as solution is just, you can make a living out of your voice. What mm-hmm. gave God gave you? You just need a little bit of discipline, but guess what? You can read for thousands of projects every single day and get paid. Mm-hmm. If you check my WhatsApp status right now, you will see a $160 I made out of voices.com. And mm-hmm. my second WhatsApp has a $38 I made out of voice bunny or bunnystudio.com. Mm-hmm. All these just with my natural African accent. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's what everybody can do. So that's why that's what made me so convinced. Even when I came, runners were like, Are you sure you would thrive? Mm-hmm. Because hey, there's lockdown everywhere, nobody's going out. Mm-hmm. How can you get paid? In fact, I was already prepared, for example, in terms of payment. I knew I have my PayPal account, I have my mm-hmm. Pioneer account, I have my Wise.com account. I had mm-hmm. so many ways to get paid without mm-hmm. leaving the house. Mm-hmm. I only left the house uh, when I went visit the ATM to withdraw. And when you go to the ATM to withdraw that you, uh, and you're wearing a mask, if the police officer um, stops you, you just show him the card and say, hey, that's for daily survival because we were allowed to go, you know, buy food. Mm-hmm. So I was telling them, I'm going to the ATM, nothing else. Mm-hmm. Just withdraw money, get some food. They say, okay, no problem. So I was living like a king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Let's cut to a quick commercial break. Enjoying the podcast? Then support the podcast. Click here to donate in the show notes and keep the cool interviews with guests from around the world going. Check out the blog for handy information about living abroad and buy the ebook, a great guidebook for moving abroad. Find the blog and ebook at the website arewehomeyetpodcast.com. Again, that's arewehomeyetpodcast.com. You can also donate on the website by scrolling all the way to the bottom and finding the donate button. All right, back to the show now. So then before you started this business venture, you know, I mean, had you been an entrepreneur before or, or was this your first, like first leap into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a very, that's a very interesting idea. In fact, I founded my business in 2016 back in mm-hmm. Ghana, but uh, there was a lot of thorns. I mm-hmm. should say there was a lot of thorns. Ghana mm-hmm. is a place that I love so much. I visited mm-hmm. that place since 2002. I even speak the, the language that they call tree. Mm-hmm. But of late, uh, the laws have been so hard for, for expats, very hard. You can, you can interview any expat living in Ghana. If mm-hmm. the person is an entrepreneur, they would tell you what they are, what they are facing. 
But if the person is being paid for, he has a salary, because me, I've been a freelancer since 2010. I decided to be on my own. Mm -hmm. So I set up my first business in Ghana, but I had so many problems, you know, kind of to stand tall and to walk, to really make it. It was so hard. Uh, Tax-wise, you know, uh, laws, regulation, uh, work permits issues, requirements, it's just too much. And I said, I, I, I can't do that here. I can't continue. When I came to Rwanda, I found out there were more advantages. For example, set up, setting up a company is totally free. You can mm -hmm. do it even from the comfort of your house and your mm -hmm. chair. You can set up your company. Mm -hmm. Business permits takes about seven business days. Mm -hmm. And then you get what you want. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Even filing your, your, your tax earnings, you can do it from home. Or you can call an expert to do that for you for a cheaper price. Can you imagine? So I was like, there's a lot of good points here. So I need to come over here. Mm -hmm. So I've been an entrepreneur for long, for long, but uh, it was really hard for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I also, I told you that I'm also a freelance conference interpreter. So what we do is uh, we interpret during summits and stuff like that. So our peak time when it comes to on-site meetings, you know, uh, physical meetings, but because of Corona, we had a lot of colleagues who even lost their lives because they were already used to a certain lifestyle, getting paid, traveling. You know, an interpreter can spend a week. A week, mm -hmm. he, he, he can visit about three countries because mm -hmm. there are meetings in country A, meetings in country B, and, and so on and so forth. So it was a big shock for all of us. But guess what? I also discovered RSI, Remote Simultaneous Interpreting. Mm -hmm. So there are platforms like Zoom, that we are, which we are using, or Kudu, or Interprefy, or Interactio, many platforms which allow you to still interpret from one language to the other for a certain audience and get mm -hmm. paid from home. Mm -hmm. So that was my second job that was backing up even when I was here until, until now, as I'm speaking to you last week, mm -hmm. I had a conference with the UN mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. And next week on Monday, uh, the day after tomorrow, I have another UN conference. And uh, for the next nine, 10th and 11th, I have a conference with the WCO, with the World Customs Organizations on mm -hmm. uh, customs fraud. So you can see that the world is still moving. Despite mm -hmm. lockdown, people stuck at home, people can still make it. And that is why mm -hmm. my credo when I do my videos is internet is the new visa. So you don't mm -hmm. need to travel, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, so then it sounds like, like, this is like a really secure endeavor that you've created and really a secure right. field. But I'm also curious, like, I mean, you've, you've rattled off like five different, you know, like avenues <laughs> that you have found work. So this is just mind blowing. Like, how did you find like all these different resources, I'm sure like there's probably more, which I'm. Mean, that's okay. You don't have to go into, but you know, how did you find just the amount that you've mentioned, which I'm sure is like a drop in the bucket. Uh -huh. Let me give you the secret. All started in 2016. Mm -hmm. I had that wonderful journey. I called it the digital journey. And mm -hmm. uh, my wife was even thinking that I'm losing her. You know why? Because mm -hmm. I was spending like 20 hours on the internet, okay. just searching mm -hmm. a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell is going on in the world? There should mm -hmm. be something doing that I can do. And mm -hmm. I discovered 45 different types of jobs you can do from home. Mm -hmm. I discovered virtual assistant, transcription, teaching online, mm -hmm. TFL, ESL. And I was like, mm -hmm. gosh, so all that exists. And I was like, what about us Africans? Because, you know, Africa is always banned in most websites. They're like, you can't be an African. You have to be a Northern American. You have to be mm -hmm. a UK mm -hmm. citizen. But mm -hmm. I found out there are so many avenues for us. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what I'm doing. 
here I, I, I train people, especially Africans, on discouraging them to kind of think about better opportunities uh, in Europe, in USA. I said, no, you can still do it here and you can help build the continent. Mm -hmm. And that's my daughter, you just bring me something. Just go back to mama, okay? Like you can still make something here. You can do something positive. So my wife was like, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. But I can tell you today, I can give you like 50 remote jobs online, website mm -hmm. or sources off my head. Mm -hmm. 50, just off my head. Because I, I searched for so long, for about five years. And even when Corona started in 2020, early 2019, when people started making the announcement, guess what? My colleagues used to call me the prophet. Mm, okay. They were like, aha, CV foresaw. Mm -hmm. He knew there would be a crisis. Mm -hmm. So when it started shattering down, I was just comfortable at home, still working, getting my dough, enjoying life. And, and my friends who used to mock at me like, this guy spends a bunch of cash on internet coming to me. And I, I turned out a consultant. So mm -hmm. I started organizing webinars on Zoom, telling them mm -hmm. what I can do. People started doing what they never expected to do mm -hmm. because they were arrogant. They were okay with a so-called traditional job. Mm -hmm. And I told them, you can do that. You need to secure many sources. And that was mm -hmm. my philosophy that mm -hmm. I can't rely on one source alone. Yeah. So I started doing that. So today I'm kind of, I'm kind of online job guru. It's mm -hmm. something new here. So every time in Rwanda, I organize webinars mm -hmm. where I involve Rwandans or non-Rwandans like Africans on mm -hmm. how they can thrive with the net. Mm -hmm. And if you go to my YouTube channel, Gemini Multimedia Limited, you see mm -hmm. a bunch of testimonials, people saying I've changed their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was prepared. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I put this information in the show notes so anyone right. who's listening can access it. And then, you know, also on the website. So, That's right. So then like, where do you hope your business is in the next few years well let me tell you something my business is something which is always new almost every single day mm. in fact every single day people always tell me uh, hi i heard i can do this i can do that is that true so mm. you can see it's totally totally new let me give you something mm. you know uh, recently we had a wakanda movie Mm -hmm. you know, the Black Panther and stuff, and it mm -hmm. created a success. Mm -hmm. What did Africans discover? Mm -hmm. Africans discovered that the African accent is the new gold. Mm -hmm. Let me repeat. Mm -hmm. People discovered that the African accent mm -hmm. is the new gold. Why? Because right now there's that shift towards Africa, you know, back to the root, you know, African-Americans coming to Africa. Mm -hmm. Of late, Samuel Lee Jackson came to Gabon. Mm -hmm. I hope you're, you're aware of that. And he mm -hmm. got citizenship. Mm -hmm. Samuel Lee Jackson mm -hmm. is now a Gabonese. He traced his DNA and he said he's from the Puno tribe, which is a tribe close to my tribe. I'm Bateke. But he said he's Puno. And then that guy, Ludacris, he got married with a Gabonese lady. So mm -hmm. you see that's, there's that shift. And there was a huge number of Black Americans who went to West Africa, especially in Ghana and Liberia, the city are from Africa. So there's that shift towards the continent, building the continent, saving the continent, alleviating poverty. So there's that big shift towards Africa. Mm -hmm. So what I'm bringing, it's something completely new. Mm -hmm. It is a way to not only strengthen Africans, but also to liberate or to give them more options because we are in this in, in a moment where the world is kind of choked, saturated. And right now people are tired, too much stress in the world. 
So I'm bringing them something that can make them still earn money and feel comfortable at home, taking care of their kids, because people can't even have time to educate their kids. Mm-hmm. But I'm always with my daughter. Mm-hmm. In fact, when she was younger, we homeschooled her. Mm-hmm. So my, my daughter started reading, speaking English at age of two, two and a half. She mm-hmm. already knew how to count. Mm-hmm. And people were like, how do you do that? I discovered resources online, mm-hmm. cartoons, educational materials. Mm-hmm. So this is, this, is what I've, what, this is what I'm bringing right here. And at the beginning, people were like, this guy is from a different world. <laughs> In fact, I had a discussion with a Canadian uh-huh. lady. She's the boss of a website called videolocalized.com. Mm-hmm. And a lady told me all the way from Ottawa, all the way from Vancouver, she mm-hmm. said there's a huge growing demand for African dubbing content. Movies, oh, documentaries, oh, okay. e-learnings, Africans speak mm-hmm. just the way you speak or speak your native language. For example, mm-hmm. Orumo or Swahili or Lingala, West African, Yoruba, Hausa. There's a huge growing content. People are localizing video content into mm-hmm. all different languages. So that's a new venture and it's huge so I'm building what we called the African accent and languages repository voice. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm creating right now. I've been recruiting a lot of people with their accent, telling them that they can come, they should feel free, come and record in my studio. And when I have uh, contracts, deals, gigs, I always call them straight away. Hey, last week, there's a rundown who made, one, he made it $80 out of 29 seconds of mm-hmm. an 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 extract of a documentary video where they were looking for an authentic East African English speaker. Mm-hmm. So I called the young Randan. He came and he just spoke as if he has a normal conversation. I recorded him in my studio. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It was picked. 80 mm-hmm. US dollars. 29 seconds. Tell me where somebody can get such a job in Africa. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Aha. So this is something new. And it is something which is almost in everybody. Mm-hmm. As long as you can read and write, you can make a living. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You know, you mentioned like there really wasn't like, like a visa process. So, I mean, was there any kind of process for you like settling down there in Rwanda? Yes. Uh, yes, of course there was. But mm-hmm. when I first came in 2018, things were different. Uh, when I landed a visa upon arrival, I paid mm-hmm. $30 for 30 days. Mm-hmm. This is what it used to be. But of late, President Kagame removed that visa. He said, if you're uh, from one of the 54 African states, and mm-hmm. you come to Rwanda for the first time, you are granted 30 days for free. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to pay for visa for coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife is Kenyan, so she's East African, and mm-hmm. she belongs to a community called EAC, East mm-hmm. African Community. Mm-hmm. So for her, the case is different. Whoever comes from Uganda or whatever, when they come to Rwanda for the first time, they are entitled to six good months stay. Mm-hmm. So they can stay legally for six good months. Now, if they want to start working, they can require a business visa, which is totally free of charge. Mm-hmm. But for all of us, non-East African, the business visa process is seven days and $150, mm-hmm. not more, not less, which was mm-hmm. completely different in Ghana, mm-hmm. where I had to pay $1,500 mm-hmm. for a year. Mm-hmm. In Rwanda, it is $150 for two years. Mm-hmm. You see the huge difference? Mm-hmm. $150, so one-tenth of what I used to spend in Ghana for one year. So that is two. And then, like I said, they have a portal called Irembo and RDB, Rwanda Development Board. You can just Mm -hmm. go and you set up the company yourself. Mm -hmm. You say the type of venture you want, if you want a shop, if you want a kind of service companies, uh, service provider, whatever you want. You take the the whatever classifications, Just, just, just be open. It's straightforward. 
because what I noticed in many countries I visited as a, as a conference interpreter mm-hmm. is red tips. Mm-hmm. That's a huge problem. From the airport, you have red tips, even to go to your hotel, red tips. Hey, by the way, my sister from Gabon, my, my fellow uh, Gabonese who has been in, in, in the UK for almost 16 years, landed yesterday mm-hmm. with a KLM flight and she said it was so smooth. She paid for the COVID test for her and her three kids. She waited for the taxi driver. I sent the taxi driver to pick, pick her. Then they took her to the Airbnb and she said it was just smooth. Hey, mm-hmm. if it was in Gabon, I'm not trying to diminish my country, mm-hmm. to tarnish my home country or Ghana, which, which country I love so much. But I think there's too much red tapes. And Rwanda has completely canceled all those protocols, red tapes. Everything is straightforward. If you have a problem, Go to the authority, ask them a question point blank. They will tell you what you have to do. You don't need a middleman. You don't need a huge guy. No, you may need a middleman to help you translate into Kinaranda, mm-hmm. but you can do everything on your own. And that's what I love here. Mm-hmm. You, you can get lost. You can get lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you're having like you're having an amazing time here in Rwanda or there in Rwanda but do, do you miss anything about home about your yes. original your original home Gabon absolutely I miss so much let me tell you the number one thing I miss is food mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's something particular about Rwanda Rwandese are kind of and vegetarian mm-hmm. they almost yeah they are vegans 70 okay. percent the mm-hmm. rest is the rest is fresh cow fresh mm-hmm. milk and um, uh, it's not sheep. I forgot the name. There's another remnant, but that's what I like. But guess what? In Gabon, right behind my mother's house or right behind where I bought my land, mm-hmm. every day we catch a snake. Okay. And guess what? We eat that snake. That's mm-hmm. what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. I'm missing wild meat. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm missing my bush meat. Here, there's so many restrictions. For example, you can kill an animal, you can kill gorillas, you can just go hunting like that. You know, you see, I understand it's, it's a small place and, and the wildlife is, is contributing to the tourism ecosystem. I understand. Mm-hmm. But in Gabon, the, the opposite is this. Rwanda is almost 11 million people for a tiny space. Gabon is 2 million people for 10 times Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So we have so many animals like a million time fold the population. Mm-hmm. So in Gabon, it's absolutely normal to catch a bird, catch a monkey, roast it, eat it, just go fishing. You know, that's what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we are 58 tribes, which means when it comes to cooking cassava, we have 58 different ways of mm-hmm. doing that dish. Mm-hmm. You can imagine the kind of melting pot as far as gastronomy is concerned, this is what I'm missing. So what I do is anytime somebody's coming from Gabon, I say, hey, please, hey, please, I have a package for you. Bring my food. So that's what I do. That's what I'm missing so much here. They do have greens, but they don't have as many greens as what we have in Gabon. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And the menu is kind of, kind of too limited. Mm-hmm. So when I don't cook at home, because I like cooking at home, uh, my daughter likes when I cook Gabonese food. When mm-hmm. I don't cook at home, I had to go get, uh, they have an app called Vuba. Mm-hmm. I have to go get some foreign food. What I mean by foreign food is sometimes Nigerian food that I buy, Ethiopian food that I buy, Congolese food, because it's more or less spicy. That's the type of things I've been used to, you know, kind of melting pot, spicy, different types. But here it's just straightforward, dry beans and 
pieces of chicken, pieces of meat, cow, and just yeah. blank milk. That's all they get. They're okay with that. Even mm-hmm. the breakfast is only fresh milk mm-hmm. and, and, and cassava or, or, or maybe a potato. They're okay with that. But we don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm French. And you know French. We love gastronomy. We have good food. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we like beautiful women, good life, good wine and champagne. We, we mm-hmm. love living. We just like Italians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I'm missing, mostly. But the rest is okay. It's very nice. The weather is cool. The place is very clean. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. What a beautiful place. I went all the way down to the south. I never saw a piece of trash. Mm-hmm driving for almost five hours, no piece of trash mm-hmm. on the way. I'm telling you, I'm shocked. They are so much disciplined, well-organized. You see, they look like a Chinese society. You know, you are in Shanghai. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Very mm-hmm. disciplined. Mm-hmm. When it comes to queuing, going to the supermarket, no excess, living a normal, balanced life, they're like that. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that education. <laughs> okay, okay. It sounds like you're also very busy. So, I mean, do you have time to like actually make friends and and go out and you know like and enjoy yourself apart from you know building this business, like sustaining this business? Yes, absolutely. I'm Je- I'm a Gemini, and that's the name of my company. Gemini okay. is a sign of air, communication, uh-huh. friendship. I'm a public guy. I like being in the midst of the public. I like entertaining mm-hmm. and that's me. And in fact, I have a gift for making friends. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you tell me that guy is so tough, he's not social, give me five minutes, mm-hmm. I'll convince him. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a very popular guy and uh, I have inspired a lot of people. I always make friends because I believe friendship can create an impact, especially when you bring something positive in your friendship. Mm-hmm. We just don't make friendship for, for me, that's my personal philosophy not just for chilling, enjoying life, but also to create impact. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you so many people were on the verge of committing suicide, putting an end to their lives. But but the voice of a friend, you know, the encouragement has really changed their life. So I really value friendship. And uh, that's what I do. Whenever I have time, I go out, chill. But for the moment, I'm a little bit reserved. My wife is pregnant, so I have to be close to her. Mm -hmm. She's delivering soon. But normally, I'm I'm very open-minded. Mm-hmm. very very free and uh yeah that's that's how i am okay okay sometimes you know when we move to different countries we experience like a difference in our quality of life so what would you say is a difference in quality of life in rwanda and ghana from gabon so in terms of cost of living safety i don't know like say like time peace of mind things like that mm. yeah you've nailed it right there you've mm-hmm. really nailed it one of the main reasons that made me flee, uh, I can call it flee because it was mm-hmm. completely abrupt. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, unexpected. I just went like that. Mm-hmm. It was that issue of insecurity when I was in uh, Ghana, especially in Ghana, where mm-hmm. I spent about 17 years. Things mm-hmm. have really changed. Uh, the climate is really deteriorating. When you watch news and you look at the, even the Ghana police Facebook account, there's no single day without a serious crime. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's really concerning. It's, 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 even my wife felt unsafe mm-hmm. and, and people are really feeling unsafe. I'm not saying that to discourage people from going there, but mm-hmm. hey, things have really changed. Of mm-hmm. late, two weeks ago, there was a, a place called Nima. It's kind of predominantly Muslim kind of neighborhood. And there was a clash between two neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They were like Crips and Bloods. Can you imagine? With, mm-hmm. with machetes, machetes, gunshots. Mm-hmm open air and there were even stray bullets. Mm. 
it, it's it's really alarming and mm-hmm. this is one thing that really made made me move and mm-hmm. number two was noisance mm-hmm. there's too much noisance you can't take a public transport in ghana without a preacher without somebody playing music mm-hmm. without somebody talking about gospels mm-hmm. it's like christianity is the only religion mm-hmm. and 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 Fortunately, I'm no longer a Christian. My wife is a, is a Jehovah Witness. She's Christian, mm-hmm. but I'm no no longer. I, I I don't call myself a religious guy. I don't have any religion anymore. That's my personal mm-hmm. conviction. Mm-hmm. But it's just polluting. It's everywhere. That noise is everywhere. There's no corner that you don't see somebody preaching gospel in buses. But hey, try it right here in Rwanda. It's mm-hmm. a crime because mm-hmm. you're disturbing uh, mm-hmm. public peace. So that is one thing that I'm really happy about. I really found peace of mind, peace, real peace. You can spend a week, you can only hear birds. Mm-hmm. You're even like, am I on the countryside or on the capital city? I really love it. Even in town, very peaceful. That's one. Now, come, talking about insecurity, I have friends who, who have been coming here to also host, uh, to interpret in meetings, and they were concerned because they saw a lot of uh, armed men in the streets and stuff like that. But hey, I feel safer when I see a man with a gun, a policeman with a gun in the city than when I don't see anybody. Because mm-hmm. when I don't see anybody, I know anybody can just mess around. Somebody can come with a gun, steal, rob a bank and go. But guess what? In Rwanda, it's omno, almost omnipresent. Mm-hmm. Even when you go to the countryside, there's always that, that, that security personnel there. And I think it gives citizens some kind of insurance, some kind of feeling of peace mm-hmm. or security we feel safe because armed men are everywhere and i think that is very important because right now one of the biggest problems even in africa just look at west africa mali burkina that's the problem insecurity even when you go to the state daily robbery daily shooting somebody out of the blue wakes up and starts shooting at people mm-hmm. but here there's that always that that order is always there you know the rundown is so vigilant is is always always in order and mm-hmm. what i like is those police officers don't worry any citizen you will never be called you never be harassed they're just mm-hmm. there to do their job mm-hmm. to maintain law and order when mm-hmm. there is something wrong happening they will intervene mm-hmm. which is completely different from what i experienced when i was in ghana because there's a lot of harassment mm-hmm. I, and once again i love that country i speak the language so much but it's just it's becoming unbearable Gabon, I don't even want to talk about that. That's my hometown. I know what's going on there. There's, there's too much of abuse of power. Mm-hmm. But here you can't. Not even because you're a general of police or a general of army. You think you're, you're on top of the law. No, 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 no. You, you can be sued like any other citizen. And mm-hmm. I really love that. That law and order. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. And so what's your day-to-day like at work? Yeah, my day-to-day like at work is, is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very nice job. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the office, when I don't have any like interpreting meeting uh, scheduled, that's where I'm a little bit tense and stressed because uh, a bunch of experts that we come and start talking in expert words and stuff like that, it gives me a lot of stress because you have to do research and stuff. Mm-hmm. When it doesn't come to any interpreting day, when it's just normal day, when I go to the office, I always uh, post some adverts on Instagram for Rwandans, Africans, anybody, even foreigners, to feel free to come and record in the studio to give us a piece of their voices. And then once it's done, I send it to clients. When a client uh, loves one particular voice, I call uh, the, the talent or the talents, they come, they record, they get paid. 
it's so nice. It's nice to see them always happy, always going home, uh, thinking that in, in fact, the voice is also the asset. So my day is always full of joy, beautiful, not stressful. Remember, I'm, on, I'm my own boss. Mm -hmm. I work with my assistant. It's really nice. Sometimes when you feel like, ah, I feel so bad, I don't want to go to work. I can just tell them, stay home. Don't worry. Just stay home. Relax. We are not going to work today. Mm -hmm. So I can I can take my luggage and go somewhere else, relax, you know, go on a safari. It, it's really beautiful. And that's what I've been looking for. Because when I was a kid, it really paid me to see my mama always uh, leaving in the morning, coming at the end of the month. Sometimes she used to complain the salary is not enough. She has to do some extra work. I was like, why can't we change? Why can't we do something we love? Mm -hmm. So my, my day-to-day is full of fashion and, and and my recording booth is still there. So mm. sometimes uh, when I feel just bored, I just stay home and I start doing my recording, as you can see right here, mm -hmm. the wardrobe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I open a wardrobe, you will see the recording, the form. So that's what I do. Sometimes I have fun with my daughter. We record together, we sing. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, okay. And so like, what are the struggles and joys of being an expat? Well, in terms of struggles, what I can say uh, being an expert, especially in Rwanda, is communication. Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest problems, communication. You know, Kinaranda is more or less like Chui in, in Ghana, and it's a language which is almost spoken by everybody. And that's the first language be before even English and French, because some of them speak, still speak French. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest struggles is the language. Mm -hmm. So you have two ways. Either you take up that language. I'm still very bad at it because it's a very complex language. Or if you have a backup, the backup is French. Because what I like in Rwanda is that, you know, at first they used to belong to the Francophone political belonging. So they're speaking mm -hmm. French. So it's actually a French speaking country. So there are still Rwandans, especially those uh, who are beyond 30 years of age. They can still speak good French. So sometimes when you get stuck, you just start saying some words in French and they're okay. They understand what you mean. Better than even English. Mm -hmm. This is something really funny. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I'm, I'm really struggling at. The second thing I'm really struggling at is some basic services are still a big challenge here. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. For example, when you go to banking, the best way you can do your banking transaction is just to make sure you have the banking app and you do whatever you want to do from home, from your phone, from your device. Mm -hmm. When you go physically to the bank, I'm telling you, you will waste your busy day. Mm -hmm. When you go to the bank for a transaction, make, just put in your mind, my day is off. Mm -hmm. that, that is a big challenge uh, that, that we are having here. Mm -hmm. And I can so also say the third one is the customer service. Mm -hmm. In fact, the customer service still comes back to the communication issue. So sometimes mm -hmm. you don't really understand or they don't understand your needs. So they can't mm -hmm. even, they can't really address it. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think for any expert, that's, that's the piece of advice I'm giving any expert coming over here. If these guys are good at communicating, communication, something that has to do with communication, interaction between humans, and mm -hmm. if they can train, they can really make a lot of money here. Mm -hmm. because there's a huge problem in communicating it's mm -hmm. they are they are naturally very reserved so they speak pretty much less they mm -hmm. are talkative like us they don't mm -hmm. you can make them laugh fine but the conversation will be short that's how they are mm -hmm. that's that's the culture they are very reserved especially ladies mm -hmm. worse men mm -hmm. so you need you need to get ready for that so prepare not to talk too much 
until you find a few Rwandans, especially those who have traveled or those who have been exposed or those who have had a different education, they are, they are, they are very jovial, they are very interactive. So that is another problem. So at first I was like, do people hate me here? And mm -hmm. later on with time, I understood that's how they are. They're just reserved. Mm -hmm. But when I become your good friends and you get, you get them used to who you are, uh, they will start opening up. Mm -hmm. But it's a wonderful people. It's very mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, it, it sounds like you really, really enjoy being there. So, that, so then I'm going to ask you, you know, what's your definition of home? And do you feel like this place could be your forever home? Yeah, why not? Why not? Because the first of all, let me give you maybe a, something you were certainly not aware of is that mm -hmm. the real estate market is quite interesting. Mm -hmm. When I was in Ghana, the four bedroom house that I was renting, it was like uh, just four bedroom house on my own compound and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was spending almost 75% what I'm spending right here. Mm -hmm. So the real estate is pretty affordable. That's one. Mm -hmm. Two, if you want to buy a property, this is the place to be. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not like my friend, I have a friend living in Washington, D.C. She says she's living in a condo, just one bedroom, spending mm -hmm. $1,800. US mm -hmm. Guess what? This is a huge villa. They call it the villa over here with swimming mm -hmm. pool, probably a security guy and stuff like that. And that won't even cost $1,000. Wow. So this is one mm -hmm. thing that is pretty much interesting. So if you have like, $30,000, or if you have 40, I'm telling you, you can have a dream house here, mm -hmm. maybe not in the capital city. So let's say about five to 10 kilometers away from the city, but 40 grand, 50 grand, you have a beautiful house. If you put it 80 grand or a hundred grand, that's your dream house. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, hey, this is a beautiful opportunity right now. At this time where things are tough, rough, everything has become expensive. This is the time to invest. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm planning to do. If I can get that, even if I don't make it my home, I can rent it out. So for me, I'm more of a Pan-Africanist. So in Ghana, I feel a home. In Gabon, I feel a home. Here, I feel a home. In Kenya, my wife's country, I also feel a home. Mm -hmm. My ambition is that I, I just, not that I wish, I will. Mm -hmm. Once I get the money, I'll make sure I have residences almost everywhere mm -hmm. i'm telling you africa is a beautiful place i take mm -hmm. this place as my home because for me africa is my home mm -hmm. i hate that so-called patriotism i'm africanist so i'm like the whole continent is our village mm -hmm. let's take it like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. for me that's that's a nice place but because africa is also dynamic anything can happen mm. so you have to make sure you have at least two three properties in maybe mm -hmm. two three countries Mm -hmm. That's the way it is. <laughs> okay. So then what's your definition of home? My definition of home is where you have that peace you've been seeking for. Mm -hmm. That's one. Mm -hmm. The joy. And uh, at that moment where your level of stress is zero, is below the bar. Mm -hmm. That's home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like you've definitely found all of that and that's wonderful. 
because you know sometimes yeah. people really don't find all of those things in one place so so that's really wonderful okay well i'm going to go ahead and leave it there for today and i want to thank you know all the listeners for tuning in again and you know i want to thank stevie for taking the time to be interviewed on this podcast are we home yet a podcast where expats talk about what it's like living in a different place than they you know originally came from the struggles the joys and you know hopefully inspire other people to take that chance and move to another country and experience hopefully some something wonderful as well. So with that, I'm going to say, I hope everyone has a great day as well as Stevie. I hope you have a great day too. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. And thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. So up next is Adam. Adam is the founder of the Life Hacker Guy. So he's an entrepreneur who moved from the UK to Malaysia with his wife and two sons. They're enjoying the weather, the water, and extended time with his wife's family. So Tune in. Don't miss this interview. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe. And to stay updated, head over to arewehomeyetpodcast.com. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.